Thanks so much for listening. Before I get into the episode, I wanted to thank today's podcast sponsor, which is Coda Luna and their baby keepsake castle. I personally just put all of my baby's memorabilia into these little keepsake castle boxes and they are so adorable functional. And if you really love organization, then you're really going to love this keepsake box. So not only is it a keepsake box, but it also includes a baby book and it has space for capturing all of the milestones of your baby's early years. And then the keepsake box itself stores all of the memorabilia that you want to keep. So baby's first socks and pacifier and the little hat that they wore when they came home from the hospital. So this keepsake castle with the baby memory book is more than just an organizational product. It's a gateway to preserving the remarkable journey of new parenthood. So take a moment to visit keepsakecastle.com today and embark on creating a lasting legacy of love and nostalgia. Thank you so much for listening. In today's show, we're going to be talking about using a mother's helper as a childcare alternative to a babysitter. Here to talk about this with me is Taryn Conwell, and she is a mom of three and has utilized the help of a mother's helper with her kids as an affordable childcare solution for years. I really loved our conversation, and I think you're really going to love this episode. Thanks for listening. Hey, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be talking to you right now. And I'm so glad that you reached out as well. Yes, I know. I thought we would be a good, we could have a good conversation. I have loved a lot of the topics you talk about on your podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, So before we get into the topic tonight, um, can you talk a little bit more about your background and where you're from and your family and how you got into this work? Sure. Um, So my name is Taryn and I am the On Domestic Mom. I have the On Domestic Mom podcast as well as a blog. Um, I have three kids. They're seven, five, and two. And I am married to my high school sweetheart, actually. (laughs) We are about to celebrate 20 years of being together in a few weeks, which is crazy. Um, And we live in the suburbs of Chicago. And I started on Domestic Mom four, little over four years ago when, uh, after I had my second, and I just felt like I needed an outlet in motherhood that was like a creative outlet that I could grow and it's uh, changed a lot over the years and that's where you know today now I advocate for self-care in millennial motherhood. I love that. Well thank you very much. Thanks for the work you do as well and um, can you talk a little bit about what a mother's helper is first just to kind of kick us off Um, and then we can talk a little more, uh, details about like how to find one and things like that. Sure. Yeah. So a mother's helper is to me, a it was like the first accessible, um, piece of help that I could consistently get because they are a lot more affordable than a traditional babysitter. So a mother's helper is typically anywhere between the ages of 11 and 14. So that, you know, middle school grade and they, usually don't have a lot of experience. They might have zero experience, but they're um, 
you know, someone who likes kids, enjoys playing with kids, and they can come to you and help you with your kids while you are still home. So again, they're less experienced um, and you, I typically don't leave the house when they're here because, you know, in case of an emergency, they're not going to be able to handle that as well as my high school and college babysitters. But there's so much that I can get done in my house when they're here. So it's just a really great, um, you know, solution to have someone basically to just play with your kids. They can play with your kids. They can keep an eye on them. And then it's basically just like renting an older sibling or an older cousin. And it is um, still takes a lot off of your mind when you're not, you know, having to make sure your kids are staying alive if you need to get things done or if you want to rest, anything like that. It's just a really good solution. Yeah, that is a great solution. And um, it's not something I think that I hear a ton of people talk about. Um, I'm kind of curious, like, do you think that this is a very well talked about uh, resource? No, I don't think anybody's <laughs> talking about it, which is funny because I um, now have you know, helped several moms hire their own mother's helper. And they're like, oh, this is such a great idea. I never thought of this. I think I am the second oldest of six. So I was always very good with kids and I was a mother's helper. So I think um, I just always kind of knew what it was. Also, I was a big fan of the Babysitter Club books back in the day. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a thing um, in the Babysitter Club book. It was like, you know, the little junior babysitters. So when <laughs> I, um, you know, in motherhood, I like I would joke initially with my friends, like, I got to find an eighth grader. I got to find an eighth grader to help me with these kids. Because, you know, I didn't have a ton of room in my budget to hire uh, you know, like I said, the college age sitter, college age sitters, and but I still needed some help. I still needed somebody to just you know like help me out a little bit. So um, no, I don't think people talk about it. And when I explain it, I think it really gets the juices flowing in people's brains of how much they could you know different ways they could utilize one. Yeah. So then, how can someone find a mother's helper? Yeah, so there are two ways that I have found them. One, traditional word of mouth. So just like asking around, whether you're asking in uh, person, you know, asking your friends that you know, or if you're putting something on, say, your personal Facebook page and just, you know, putting it out there what you're looking for. Like, hey, I, you know, I'm looking for a mother's helper depends on what age, you know, for, for me, I like to stick to the 13, 14 year olds, because again, I have three kids, seven, five, two, two's little. Um, but before, you know, I've had a mother's helper who was 12. So it really depends on your comfortability level and how many kids you have in their ages. If you have, you know, a nine and 10 year old, you could very well, you know, hire a 12 year old just to come basically and play with them. So, um, yeah, so you just ask around, or like I said, if you put on your Facebook page, you could just say, hey, like, I'm looking for a mother's helper. Does anybody know, um, have any recommendations? Because you just never know, you know, you could be friends with somebody on Facebook from high school and they, their sister might have like a niece who lives two blocks from you. And so they're like, yes, I actually do. I have, you know, I have some suggestions for you. Uh, the first way I found my mother, my first mother's helper was asking a friend that I knew from preschool. So her and I at the time were just casual friends. And I just kind of brought it up when we were waiting for our daughters to get out of preschool. And she was like, oh, yeah, I have two girls who live down the block from me. And she only lived, you know, half a mile from me. So they're close. And she gave me their numbers and it worked out really well. 
so that's the first way is just, you know, like I said, people, you know, the second way I found mother's helpers are Facebook groups, like more dedicated to like, you know, moms of your neighborhood name, or we have a really active babysitter nanny group that's, you know, local to our area. So if you have, if you feel like, I don't want to post this on my personal page for whatever reason, or you're asking around and you're like coming up, you're not really getting a ton of, you know, suggestions or referrals, you can put it in your mom's page and then you kind of cast a little bit of a wider net. But for me, my neighborhood is pretty small. So, you know, the, the moms of neighborhood page has always found me a lot of uh, girls who are still super close to me and that has worked out really well too. So those are my two go-to suggestions. You don't have to get like a care.com page or any like paid service. Really Facebook and word of mouth can get you very far. Those are great suggestions. Um, I have two random questions. So one is um, about transportation to and from because these uh, babysitters would be on the younger side, typically not driving age. Yes. Um, that, I, when I have kind of tried this out before, that was my biggest drawback was that they were not old enough to drive. And so I was needing to drive them and then pick, pick them up and then drop them off um, or at least take one way. Um, what do you typically see in that area? Yeah. So for me, I have found a majority, I would say at this point, 80% of my mother's helpers have lived close enough where they technically could walk. So like, you know, a mile or less um, through a suburban area, you know, and it's, it's, for me, it's never, you know, it's never usually late at night. If I'm, if I need a sitter for me to leave, uh, then I'm using, you know, my college age sitters, but it's daytime. They can walk to my house. Um, I, this year, when I looked for my summer mother's helper, I actually put that on Facebook. I said, I'm looking for someone who can walk or bike, ride their bike to the hub, to my house, because I did have um, mother's helpers in the past who did get help, like their parents would drive them. I never offered to pick up and, and drop off just because, yeah, I was like, that's going to defeat the purpose, not defeat the whole purpose, but that's going to put something on my plate that I don't really want to worry about. Um but yeah, I felt like when the, uh, if they had to get a ride, that was just a little bit more, a bit of uh, one more layer of friction. Like, oh, I have to see if I can get a ride. So I just say that kind of up front. Like I'm looking for somebody who is, you know, again, able to walk or ride their bike. And that worked out really well. I had, you know, a bunch of girls who lived near me and yeah, either rode their bike or walked over. So that's one thing. If you feel like, you're coming up dry, you're not getting ideas, um, but you did find someone who lives a bit farther away, you could definitely do something where you have them come for a little bit longer of a stretch. So maybe it feels a little bit more worth it to you. Maybe on a Saturday morning, they're coming from like 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And so maybe, yeah, you're picking up, their mom's dropping off, something like that. So it's not as truncated because I usually have my mother's helpers for like two hours. Um, so if I'm picking up and then dropping right back off, it feels like it, a lot of time is being taken up. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a good um, suggestion as well of, you know, just kind of being upfront about it, about someone needing to be close by. Um, and then my other question is, have you run into the issue personally or anyone that you've talked to about it um, about like 
when you're in the house, kids wanting to just stay around you and be clingy, particularly babies, and wanting to just still be around you, even though you've got, you know, a mother's helper there to help you. Um, but that, you know, your little one is just not having it. Yes. Yes. Many a times. In fact, this summer. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to use a mother's helper this summer uh, for like the 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. hour. That's like my least favorite part of the day. And I wanted I had a big list of house projects that I was going to get done. And so I hired a mother's helper to come. And then my son, my toddler, he we, we would wake him up at like 2.30 from his nap. So give him a little snack. And then, you know, in theory, my mother's helper would come and she was going to play with him outside. So still, you know, not like going to the park or anything, but be out of the house because I, again, I had this list of house projects and he just was not having it. And it, we tried for two weeks and it just didn't work out. And then at that, I just had to re, um, adjust my expectations. So I was like, okay, this isn't working. We'll try something else. Um, so I definitely think trying, you know, giving it a try, seeing you never know if it could work. I like that separation again of like outside inside. Um, but I have now, that was again, that's more specific in, uh, situation where I wanted to get things done in my house. Now, when I use my mother's helper, I, I don't know if you can see, but this is my closet office. <laughs> And so I can come down here. It's literally, I don't know, three feet by 15 feet. It was a closet <laughs> that I turned into a little office for myself. Love and so it. I can get here and they don't know where I'm at. So that's a really great, you know, thing. And on this side, I have a desk so I can get stuff done for, you know, my podcast and blog. And on the other side, I actually have like a bean bag where I will like in the morning, sometimes I'll come down here, meditate. But if I just need rest, I can just come down here and watch a show on my phone. And again, they can't hear me. So I would, if you have anywhere, you could be super creative about like where you can like almost hole up in your house. Um, that can work out really well. And yeah, there was a lot of me like sneaking away. You know, I'd, I'd have the mother's helper maybe like give the toddler a cookie, <laughs> things that I'm like willing to do. And I'm like sneaking away. And then if he cried, he'd maybe cry for a few minutes. And if they were having fun, he got over it. It was just when he knew I was in the house, he would just kept coming to the two doors that we have. Like there was no hiding from him if I was, you know, upstairs. So it, it is, po it's definitely possible, but I always suggest moms like try it, give it a, tr you know, good old college try before you say it won't work. Cause I do think a lot of times we just like, ah, oh, that's never going to work for us, but you never know your kids could surprise you. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, you know, if you try once and then try again when they're a little bit older, then maybe they're a little more comfortable with it and the separation anxiety isn't as big of a deal. So, yes, um, I would say yeah. at three and older don't have as big of a problem. And if it if they are around three again, under three is not really going to care about this. But if you are having three and older that are still a little bit like, where's mom going? fun things is just to get like a fun craft or something like new at, even at Dollar Tree like not expensive but just like and then give it to the mother's helper to be like oh we're gonna do this painting or play-doh or something that can also be a, a really idea. good little distraction and they're like oh okay this is fun yeah that's a great idea um and then okay so a question that might be going through folks head listening to this is like why would you 
want to go with a mother's helper instead of like a traditional babysitter? What are some of the benefits or differences there? Yeah. So the first one motivating factor is the price. So I, um, little formula that I use to pay my mother's helpers is their grade level for one child per like an hour. And then each additional child is another dollar. So I hired, um, a eighth grader and I have two extra kids. So I was paying her $10 an hour and in juxtaposition that I pay my college sitter $20 an hour. So, you know, it's, it's half as much, you know, the budget goes twice as far for me if I'm using the mother's helper. And that is, um, again, a big reason for me. I first, the first uh, time I used the mother's helper, I was pregnant and I just needed rest. So she came twice a week from four, I think she was like 4.15 to 6.15. Like my husband would get home at 6.15. And so it was just that little chunk of time. And I would honestly just go hide in my room and just, I wouldn't sleep because I didn't want to like mess up my nighttime sleep, but I was just tired from being pregnant. And so I would go in my room and like, just, you know, watch shows and relax. And it was, uh, at the time I had two kids and so, and she was in seventh grade. So I was paying her $8 an hour for four hours a week. It was $32 a week. And what $32 a week bought me in like restoration, like it's, it's, you can't even, you can't even understand it until you do it. But like my husband was like, she should come every day. This is the best money we've ever spent. Uh, Cause I was just, you know, I was just like much in a much happier disposition and it was something to look forward to. Um, So definitely price. I got, I got, I work with a lot of moms who are like, oh, there's no room in the budget. I can't afford babysitters at all. You know, they're not using any paid help and then they have limited family help. So they're never getting a break. And if that's the case, you know, the first level you can start at is mother's helper and getting someone to come in, entertain your kids. Again, even four hours a week, if you're, you know, you have a younger kid and you're paying them seven, $8 an hour, which seems low. Sometimes people are like, that's too, that's too, that's not enough. But again, these are um, girls who can't, you know, they can't work yet. There's no way for them to like actually work. And they, they think it's a lot, you know, they don't have as much, it's not like they're paying bills, you know? So, um, and their parents, the moms always love it too, because it's like a little bit less money that they're asking their mom for, you know, like mom's already having to buy this and that. So if their daughters are working and even just making, you know, 30, $40 here and there, it's like a big deal. So, uh, yeah. So first thing they're cheaper. And then second thing they, because they're younger, they were that age, you know, a lot, they're closer in age to the kids than the college girls are. And they sort of just bring a really fun energy. I, you know, my older two are my girls. They love playing dolls. They love Barbies. And my mother's helpers play the best Barbies, play the best dolls. Like they, they're not that far away from when they were playing with dolls. So sure. they have good ideas. Um, so yeah, that's another thing. It's just a really, uh, a really fun energy. I think that they bring to playing with the kids. Those are really great points. And I also imagine that, you know, like being able to be there and that can be a benefit for both the actual babysitter, um, to kind of get that experience in like a kind of safer or, or, um, environment or 
like a training wheels kind of environment. So that is a benefit, but I can also imagine it's a benefit to the parent of like not feeling super comfortable wanting to leave the house, especially if you're like a, you know, a first time mom, even that could be a great option for someone that's like, oh, I really do want to kind of get childcare every once in a while, but not totally sure, not how, sure how comfortable I am. That can be a great option as well. Yes, exactly. That again, and that's another thing, like if my mom's out there having like, I've never left them with a babysitter. Yeah. It's great because, you know, and not that you can't, you could can do whatever you want, but it's a little different to hire a college girl and then say, I'm just going to sit here, you know, and like her be like, okay, uh, I've, <laughs> sure. I got this, you know, yeah. but when you have, right, when you have a mother's helper, uh, you know, 12, 13, 14 year old come in and you're going to be home again, it's just more, it's just, uh, it feels different. I don't know. There's just like a better feeling to me. And so it's like, yep, let me just keep an eye on the situation until I get comfortable with, you know, leaving them alone. Well, this has been really helpful, and I hope that this will be um, something that educates and helps a lot of people out there um, as a great resource for them. And if anyone listening is interested in finding out more about you or following you, where can they do so? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I have a podcast, The Undomestic Mom Podcast. So, if you are a millennial mom listening and you feel like you don't ever take time for yourself, my podcast would be a great resource because <laughs> I'm always, uh, you know, just talking about and trying to normalize moms getting breaks every day, <laughs> not just five minutes. So uh, that would be great. And then I also, uh, for your listeners, made them a little uh, mother's helper cheat sheet. So if they go to ondomesticmom.com slash village, they can get kind of the things I talked about in this episode, like how I calculate the hourly weight, uh, weight rate, uh, and then some questions you can ask them, like when you're just kind of meeting them for the first time, little interview questions, um, and just some other tips on that. So that's something that they can go and grab as well. And then I'm everywhere on socials at ondomesticmom. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again for your time. And I have really learned a lot in this conversation and I've enjoyed it as well. Oh, good. I mean, I'm so happy. Yes. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you liked the episode and would like to hear more, please follow Finding Your Village wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to use the code FYV podcast to sign up for the postpartum class at pregnancy to preschool.net to save 15% today. Thank you so much and stay safe, healthy, and connected.